Welcome to the Talking Tenancies podcast, brought to you by the Residential Tenancies Authority. I'm your host, Belinda Hyde. Join me as we explore everything you need to know about renting in Queensland with experts from the RTA and industry. We're here to help make renting work for everyone. Lessors are allowed to pass on the full water consumption charges, including bulk water charges, to tenants, provided they meet all the minimum criteria. At the start of the tenancy agreement, the managing party and tenant should negotiate agreements for water charging and frequency of charges. Today's expert from the RTA is Michaela Aletzi from Customer Experience. Welcome, Michaela. Hey, Belinda. Thanks thank, for having me. Thank you for joining us. Now, can you tell us about your role at the RTA and what you're responsible for? Absolutely. So, I am one of the team leaders in the contact centre here at the RTA. I look after customer experience officers who you would speak to when calling us for information about your tenancy. Yes, and they're, they're a busy bunch. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> now, today we're going to talk about uh, water charges and, and also when there's leaks because um, it's something we get a lot of calls about, right? We absolutely do. It's one of our, I guess, hot topics, yeah. um, especially around the, the way water's charged. So, mm. yeah. All right. So, let's get started then. So, when can a tenant be charged for water usage at a rental property? So, full water usage, including bulk water charges, can be passed on to the tenant if all of the following conditions are met. Mm-hmm. There is a few. Yeah. The tenant is enjoying or sharing a benefit of the water service to the premises the property is individually metered. Now, this means that there is a meter for the premises that has been installed or improved, approved sorry, by a supply authority and it measures the quantity of the water supplied to or used at the specific premises only under a service or facility made available by the authority. Also too, the property is water efficient. So there is, uh, say, for example, efficient shower heads. Mm-hmm. We'll go through that though a little later in more detail. Yep. Um, the tenancy agreement also states that an amount of sorry, the amount for water consumption charges for the premises is payable by the tenant. So it does need to be actually included in the special terms. Yep. And the tenant is aware. Mm-hmm. Now um, the property manager or owner must pass on the full water bill to the tenant in a timely manner, providing proof of water usage such as the utility bill itself mm-hmm. and clear timeframes for payment. So we were talking about um, water efficiency there. I mean, how can we be sure that a property is water efficient? So there is minimum standards set Mm -hmm. um, that need to be met for a water efficient property and property owners are encouraged to use the most water efficient devices throughout the premises. Now, this is where the list comes in. (laughs) (laughs) So for a property to be water efficient, toilets, shower heads and internal cold water taps must be water efficient. Toilets need to be dual flush with a maximum full flush volume of 6.5 litres and maximum half flush volume of 3.5 litres. And and, uh, a maximum average flush volume of 4 litres based on the average of one full flush and four half flushes. Now that's your toilets. Oh my gosh, Michaela, that's just a drop in the ocean. (laughs) It is. Um, now, however, so shower heads and cold internal water taps, they must have a maximum flow rate of nine litres per minute as installed. Mm-hmm. A property can be made water efficient by installing fittings with a three star or higher wells rating or through the use of add-on devices such as accelerators or flow restrictors. Mm-hmm. Now, 
It is the property owner who is responsible for paying for and installing water-efficient devices if they intend to charge the tenant for the water consumption. If the tenant wants to install their own water-efficient devices but the property owner does not want to and does not intend to charge the tenant for water consumption, then the normal process for installing the fixtures applies. Mm -hmm. Internal cold water taps that are installed over a hand basin sink or laundry trough, uh, including the single mixer taps, need to be water-efficient. However, the other taps in the premises, such as bath taps or taps which supply washing machines or dishwashers, do not need to be water-efficient. Now, you may ask, how does this get demonstrated? Yeah. Um, a property manager or owner should be able to demonstrate the presence of water-efficient fittings by providing copies of things such as your uh, any plumbing reports or certification, receipts, packaging um, or warranties or instruction manuals for those taps and shower heads. Yeah, so I guess the tip there really is, I guess when we see any uh, water uh, carrying appliances or toilets or anything like that, you'll see the little sticker on there that has the stars for the well's water efficiency or the drops rather. Yeah, (laughs) that is correct. (laughs) Um, So just look out for those and obviously the less drops the better because uh, we're going to use less water. Less water, yes. So, as a tenant, how do you know if you're paying just the excess water portion or the full water usage? So, this can sometimes be a little bit of a confusing point as well. Um, So, as mentioned before, so full water usage can only be passed on to a tenant if the property is individually metered, Mm -hmm. water efficient and it's stated into the tenancy agreement. So, that is all three points must be met. Yeah, righto. For example, if the premises are individually metered and most water devices are water efficient but there's no water efficient dual flush toilets, then the property manager or owner cannot pass on the full consumption charges because the property is then technically not considered Mm. water efficient. Right. At this point, the property owner must pay for a reasonable amount of water charges for any period of time that the premises is not water efficient. Mm -hmm. I guess you may ask, what is water, sorry, what is reasonable amount? And this should be discussed and negotiated between the tenant and the property manager. The agreed amount should also be included in that tenancy agreement. Yeah. Things to consider, though, when determining a reasonable quantity of water could include the number of people living in the property, whether there is water-efficient devices installed, obviously also the land size of the property, and water usage charges information for similar properties in the local government area or provided by the supply authority. So any terms of the agreement that affect water usage also, so watering plants and gardens. The tenant may be asked to pay excess water charges above the included amount as outlined in the agreement. There's so much to consider, isn't there, whether it's excess water or just full water usage. Um, I know I've had some of these previously and it got quite confusing. So got a scenario for you, Michaela. Mm-hmm. When it comes to gardens and maintenance, quite a lot of water can be used um, in keeping a garden alive during a drought, which we're familiar with here in Queensland. Yes. Who's responsible and who pays? Very, very good question there, Belinda. One we do <laughs> get quite regularly here in our contact centre. So I guess we look at it, tenants have a responsibility to keep the premises clean and in good, and in good condition yep. as per the legislation. So regular household jobs like mowing and weeding are generally considered the tenant's responsibility as it concerns the general maintenance, the standard and the condition of the premises. Now, the Queensland rental laws do not specifically reference the maintenance of gardens, fruit trees, lawns or gutters. Mm -hmm. In this situation, if you are renting a property that has gardens and lawns associated with it, you should discuss the maintenance arrangements of the gardens and lawns with the property manager or owner. The agreed arrangements should be then documented in the special terms section of that tenancy agreement before signing the tenancy agreement to rent the property. 
It's important to also make sure the condition of the gardens and lawns are documented in the entry condition report. Now, if the gardens, lawns and plants do take a fair amount of water to keep alive and in a, cons- in a similar condition, you may want to discuss and negotiate the related water usage and consumption with the property manager as it could be reflected in the water bill and then passed on full to the tenant. Again, remember to document all agreed arrangements in writing in the tenancy agreement. The local council water restrictions should also be considered at this point. The tenant may not be held responsible if lawns, trees and other plants die because they simply are just complying with local laws. Yeah, and I mean, I know I've been in some rental properties for, you know, over five years and the gardens and lawns can change so much between the beginning of a tenancy and the end of a tenancy. So it's really important you get that in the entry condition report. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So I've got another scenario for you. Now, yes. this one is mine, Michaela. This oh. did actually happen to me. This was real. This is not fake. Okay. <laughs> I had a pipe burst in a bathroom vanity in a rental property mm-hmm. and it started to flood the bathroom. Luckily, I was home at the time. Oh, what should you do in this situation? Well, what I did, I switched the water off and contacted the managing party who then arranged a plumber and covered the expenses. What should people do step-by-step step in a situation where they find themselves in this position? Well, first of all, Belinda, I can tell you, you did the right thing by switching off that water. And obviously good to know that you knew where it was. Yeah. Letting your property manager know also is, is, is great. Yeah. They're then across the problem. Now, when emergencies or accidents like this happen, the first thing you should do is try and stop the situation from getting worse. Yeah. Next, you should also contact your property manager or owner immediately to let them know about the situation. More often than not, the managing party will appreciate knowing about it sooner rather than later so they can also take action quickly to ensure your safety and prevent any damages to the property. Mm. If the property manager has been notified and is taking action to sort the problem out, like in your situation, Belinda, then that's all good and well. If the property manager is not contactable after multiple attempts and is it is an emergency or an issue that impacts your health and safety or the livability of the property, you can contact the nominated repairer in your tenancy agreement directly to get assistance. Now, the, per- the pipe burst would most definitely increase the water usage or consumption charges for the month. When working out how much to bill a tenant in these types of situations, parties need to talk to each other and agree on what would be a reasonable amount. Communication is key. Mm. The difference in water charges would depend on multiple factors, such as how quickly the pipe is fixed, whether the water was able to be turned off after the incident, and if the tenant still had water access in basic amenities. You may be able to look at past water bills to get an idea of what a reasonable amount is, and supply authorities may be able to provide you some guidance as well. Whatever is agreed upon in terms of water charges passed on should be stated in writing to avoid any confusion about the matter when the bill is issued. Yeah, and I was lucky in that situation that um, they were paying for full water, so I didn't have to worry about it. So I was very lucky in that situation. And another hot tip for you, um, you know the drains that they have in bathrooms? Yes. Don't cover those up. (laughs) No, I think, yeah, that would be your main area of uh, water escaping, so we don't want to cover those. (laughs) They're very useful. I found out why. (laughs) Now, what if the water usage in the property is high, yet there's not a detectable leak or usage pattern? What can you do to resolve this? Yeah, so another common one. Yeah. Um, we have tenants that may uh, believe that their water usage is quite high when they get that bill, yep. but they can't put it down to, to the reason why. Yeah. 
Supply authorities also in this instance may be able to provide guidance about the average water consumption for a property of a certain size. I've also seen water bills that give you a comparison Mm. between the water usage in similar properties in the neighbourhood, which may be also a good indication of whether the water consumption is unusually high. Now, tenants can ask the property manager to show them the water bill. Apart from all of this, looking at the bill itself, a tenant or property manager could also conduct their own troubleshooting at the property, such as meter tests, and determine whether at that point a professional opinion in the matter is reasonable. Mm -hmm. In any case, communication is key, and again, anything that is agreed upon should be put in writing. Yeah, now, uh, when it comes to water bills from the provider, these also include sewerage costs often, so can that also be charged to a tenant? No. So, sewerage costs and any other fixed charges, such as your water access charges, cannot be passed on to a tenant. If the property manager receives a water rebate, it should be passed on to the tenant if the tenant is paying for water consumption. Now, the property manager or owner cannot charge the tenant for bore or pump water as well. Right. So, when we look at the managing parties and passing on bills to tenants, how do they do that? Generally, your property owner will receive the water bill. They will pay the full amount and then provide their tenants with a copy of any water bills or evidence of water consumption to verify the amount to be charged. Tenants will not be billed directly by water supply authorities. Generally, this goes and is in the name of the owner. Tenants have one month to pay the agreed amount for water consumption after the property manager or owner provides evidence of the cost to the tenant. The property manager or owner cannot require the tenant to pay more than the billable amount. Now, the tenant can also not be charged the fee for when if a payment is late. Now, water billing periods are unlikely to align with tenancy periods, so it's important parties note down water meter readings on the entry and exit condition reports to calculate water consumption, particularly at the start and at the end of the tenancy. Yeah, so important to keep a track of that. and. Uh, you feel like you're paying bills all the time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, there's so much to cover when it comes to water leaks and usage and charges in a tenancy. And especially that list of what is water efficient. Exactly. So I guess it really helps, um, you know, to be informed and do your research. And um, I can't thank you enough, Michaela, for joining us today and helping us to get a great understanding of what we need to know when it comes to water charges and leaks. Thanks so much for having me, Belinda. Thank you for listening to the Talking Tenancies podcast. For more information about the Residential Tenancies Authority, visit rta.qld.gov.au.